Fends them dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyce, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby league. Rugby league. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Uh, it's been an absolutely mad couple of weeks. I mean, it's been a mad year of Supercoach, to be honest. It's it, it's so much harder to get a gauge on everything just because of the new rules, you know, the interpretations on head knocks, the HIAs, the penalties, the sim bins, everything coming into it. I think we've seen the highest uh, individual team score in Supercoach three weeks in a row now, which is just madness. Here to help me uh, decipher through the madness that has happened so far this year is 2019 Supercoach champion, Desi Creek. Desi, how are you, mate? Yeah, going okay, Timmy. Um, unfortunately, I did, that wasn't me scoring the eighteen hundred. I was uh, oh. down at, down in the fourteen hundreds, uh, which is, I, I think was pretty par for the round. Um, sort of held me ranking wise where I was. Um, I think yeah, most of us played Sam Walker for eleven points, but unfortunately, I also had Jai Arrow who played ridiculous minutes, twenty odd minutes for twenty points. Suwali also, I played him. Against the Broncos, expecting him to do a little bit better, and he only got 30-odds. So, yeah, also didn't captain Cleary or Turbo. Had it on Teddy, I think. Most of us did as well. But, yeah, it's just the same old story for me. I have keep on stuffing up my captaincy options, and it's just it's killing me. I think I've had the same amount of sub-50 captains as 100-plus captains to give it some uh, perspective, which is just, yeah, it's not going to cut it in a season like this. Yeah, that is. Um, it's been pretty brutal. The old skipper choices for you, mate. And uh, despite all the doom and gloom, you are still running pretty well, and definitely in with a shot at winning it. Bit of work to do, obviously, but we know how quick the game can change this year. Uh, on the bloke that got eighteen hundred plus this week, his team score and broke the record. It's like, I mean, prior to sort of COVID, um, that sort of the new rules came in with the quicker ruck, the six again, that sort of thing from round three onwards last season. There were weeks where getting nine hundred was. You know, considered a poor week, but you know it happened and it was acceptable with players out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it's doubled what was an acceptable round or a slightly acceptable round in the past. So that's a sign of the times uh, and the changing Supercoach landscape. Also here to help us deal with it is the high flying Supercoach spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Fellas, going well. Um, yeah, tick along all right over here in Spy headquarters. Um, <laughs> brought in Nico Hines last week who did the job it was nice to own him actually he's a pretty lovable dude old Nico so good to see him going well uh, brought in Teddy as well who I'll tell you what he scored 97 but I really thought we were watching it early and about 20 minutes actually about 5 minutes into the game they shifted wide a couple of times and Ted, Ted, Teddy nearly went straight through I was thinking you beauty 200 on the cards here and it was a funny old game, that one. The Bronx came back, a couple of binnings for Radley. How good was it watching him go off and smash Tavita and then he got some <laughs> up and then he was about 11 metres offside when he whacked poor old Coates. Um, it was a pretty good game of footy to watch. But, yeah, sort of he underwhelmed in the end. He got 97, but it could have been a lot more and didn't have the skipper on Cleary, which, look, it happens. He, I think a lot of people expected South to show up a bit more than they did. Um they're pretty leaky at the moment. So, yeah, I'm holding on. I'm still 330th, so in a good spot heading into the buyers and hopefully set up pretty well, so we'll see what we can do. Mm, good stuff, mate. The, uh, the mighty Kuma Stallions continue the charge up the table, 521 points into 
4,087th overall, so still not quite where we want to be, but certainly an improvement on a few weeks back, so shaping pretty well the side. Uh, I was also one to, to skip a Teddy over Cleary. That Roosters game was just damaging for Supercoach. I reckon it would have ended at about 98% of NRL multis over the course of the weekend. Uh, we'll get to our punting plays later, but cost us all our punting plays as well. Um, so, yeah, Teddy, skip it over Cleary. I did manage to save a trade, though, so pretty happy with that one. Uh, and after a bit of a, a DNM with the spy, I, I decided to go with Nico Hines over David Nofaluma into my side, which uh, was a massive, massive coup and one that I'm very happy with at the moment. Um, quick update on our Supercoach Playbook in-house league. Lads, we're into six overall uh, rankings. That's out of about 18,000 leagues. Uh, Adam Derusi bumped us up with a massive 1,600-plus score last week. So uh, on the right trajectory there and looking all right. Guys, we are on the Hunted SC Playbook for a major sponsor of the podcast and website for the remainder of the season. Uh, if you, if your business or someone you know might be interested in coming on board, let us know. Flick us an email at supercoachplaybook.gmail.com if that's something that uh, takes your fancy. Fellas, let's get stuck into all the key Supercoach team news of the week. A fair bit of team news, not a lot of uh, Supercoach relevant stuff, so I'll get through this relatively quickly. Uh, but one big one was after being withdrawn last week, Jerome Hughes has been named to return for the Storm in what looks a pretty nice matchup against the Broncos on the, the, the points-conducive Suncorp Stadium surface. A lot of people looking to get rid of Sammy Walker this week after a couple of stinkers and a high break even. Uh, Desi, is Jerome Hughes a guy that's on your radar? And I suppose that's killed two birds with one stone. I mean, you're looking to trade Sammy Walker after his poor score or are you holding through? Um, I actually planned on... Uh, saving both my trades this week, but Jerome Hughes certainly is one of the only guys that you could probably go early on confidently um, for the buy round. But yeah, I think I'm just going to have to hold trades. I haven't saved any so far, but Jerome Hughes is definitely the only guy who I'd probably bring in this week. Yeah, can we, we might need to get a temperature check on Desi over there because to hear Des say saving both his trades is probably a first in your Supercoach career, Des, and I'm nearly 100% certain that come Thursday night you've made at least one trade. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Spy, what about for you, mate? Jerome Hughes, um, I know for me personally, it's a, it was a massive antipod play I was eyeing off a week or two ago uh, and was aiming for probably sort of this round or next round. Uh, the Jerome Hughes, I think it might have been a hamstring niggle that made him miss the game with the Raiders on the weekend. I'm still tempted to make the move. However, he's pretty expensive. Sammy Walker's lost a bit of value uh, and just the need to save trades over the season. I'm thinking of just holding strong with Sammy Walker uh, and maybe avoiding Hughes. What are you thinking, mate? Yeah, mate, the trades, you've nailed it there. If I had trades flying out everywhere, I'd grab Hughes in a heartbeat, but... I just think it's you're probably going to want Sammy Walker back if he can find any of the form that we saw only weeks ago. I mean, he's had one down week. It's going to happen to him at times, um, but potentially he gets a rest pretty soon. they got the bye coming up. Then you've got him for round 17 if you hold on as well as saving those trades. I don't, I'm kind of in a bit of a foot in either camp there. I might have a little look at if I can afford to get Hughes in, but... Uh, money's a factor as well. I mean, you got to spend up to get him. Then you've you've got guys like potentially Pappenhausen when he's back. You want David Fafita, who you want. All these dudes cost money, so you got to make sure you're able to afford them. Uh, so for me, it's a little bit of a luxury walk to Hughes. But if you think you can do it, I'm certainly not against it because it could go off in the next couple of weeks and be a season long keeper for you as backup halfback. 
That's it, mate. I, I think uh, you're not necessarily locking in for the season because Walker plays that round 17 and, you know, he might be a lot cheaper by then, but, you know, you're probably locking in your backup half for the season there. A few other ones to touch on. Tyson Gamble out due to suspension, only missing a week to my knowledge. Um, big news, not big news, but big news in the sense that Anthony Milford comes in. If he can carve up this weekend, Gamble owners who who brought him in basically to make a little bit of money, but more so for a number in round 13, will be a little bit nervous. So they'll be hoping the Milf doesn't go too well in that one. Jason Taumalolo out suspended as well. A bit of a bug of the 21 who brought in him. He'll be back. And as we said, he'll be about sub 550K come round sort of 14, round 15. Big news coming out of the NRL today. Not massive super coach implications, but uh, just before we've gone to air, Georgie Williams. Uh, reports are that he's been released by the Raiders to go back to England. Um, yeah, I mean, no knock on him. I've seen him already copying a little bit of stick for it. But, I mean, he he didn't sign this his contract prior to to COVID hitting and knew what he was in for it and knew the, the potential consequences. Uh, he, sorry, he, he signed it. He did sign it before COVID hit. He didn't know what was going to happen and eventuate. So I think he's got a little bub on the way. All his family's back in England. Um, so good luck to Georgie boy. Uh, of course, that does open up a spot for Sam Williams. So good luck to him after a good run on the weekend. Um, but that will change the dynamic and the structure of the Raiders play quite significantly because they're very different players. So interesting to see how the Raiders pan out going forward. Um, Jake Simkin came onto the bench for the Tigers come game day on the weekend, didn't play a lot of minutes. He's again out of the 17 for the Tigers. Stefano Utakamanu, uh, also not in the 17 again. Supercoaches will be desperate to see them two come into the side. Uh, Cam Murray named to return for the Bunnies at lock. Jai Arrow named to start at prop. I could be wrong, but I believe it's the first time this season we've seen them two starting a game at the same time. Desi is a Jai Arrow owner, starting now as a prop. How do you feel about that? Yeah, well, he was going to be my trade-out this week. Uh, I was going to use that one trade to get rid of him, but I think I have to keep him now. I, mm. I don't see any value in trading him out, especially since he's so cheap. He's only 400k. Uh, I probably will shift him on next week, I, I think, um, as he'll be playing Origin. But, yeah, I'd, I'll probably have to play him this week, I'd say, especially with Angus lurking to potentially be on the sidelines. Yeah, interesting one. And as you said, the value's been lost there. So you just hope that Arrow starts getting more minutes and an and old super coach Wayne comes to his senses and plays one of his best players for bigger minutes. Spy, um, the Eels have named a four-forward bench uh, with Neocora, Lane, Lusick and Cardi. Um, you know, a couple of back rollers there sort of turned middles. In fact, I think three of the four of them are back rollers turned middles. Um how do you see this impacting key supercoach cattle in Isaiah Papali'i and Ryan Madison, who have both played reduced minutes in the last couple of weeks? Certainly doesn't help them, does it? Um, I would be massively concerned. Or not massively concerned. I'd be semi-concerned as a Ryan Madison owner, um, especially now with a heap of origin guys either getting suspended or going down a little bit, especially in back rowers. Maybe he comes into the reckoning for the Blues. He played 60 minutes last week. Um, so current owners just have to hope that he doesn't get named and maybe his minutes stay around the 80 mark. But, look, there's every chance he keeps playing 60 with that bench. Um, Papalihi, that would be interesting. I think obviously he's so good and he's playing such good footy that they want him on as long as possible. But, yeah, I can absolutely see him playing around 60 minutes as well. Uh, it be interesting to see how things pan out this weekend. But one to watch, and as someone who doesn't yet own – uh, Ryan Madison, I'm certainly happy to give it a week and see what happens leading into Origin mm. before I make that move or look elsewhere potentially. 
Yeah, man. I mean, the ramifications are all over the place because, I mean, we'll see what team comes out game day, but... Uh, I mean, Reed Martin is obviously there at nine, a guy who we'll get to in a minute in terms of his buy credentials. But, you know, he was a red hot buy for this week or next week, having bottomed out in price as a key super coach player. Uh, but now that we think that Harry, well, the word is that Harry Grant's going to miss Origin 1, which means, you know, Reed Marnie's probably firmed completely for that position if he wasn't already a big chance. Um, you know, Parramatta, they lost on the weekend. They'll be out, they are doing really well this season. Do they bring Ray Stone onto the bench um, to maybe give Marnie a bit of a spell for 20 minutes leading into origin? Uh, all things to weigh up. Do they bring an outside back like a Will Smith or someone on there? I'm not sure if Smith's available. Uh, but it, it would be a relatively interesting bench to see if it runs out come the weekend. Uh, but we have seen Arthur run with a four-forward bench like that in the past. So one to monitor anyway. COC uh, Takiyoho, who's starting this week, uh, the bane of the existence for Owen has just been a hard road for TKO owners this season, trying to catch him. Joseph Suwali started last week, looked really good. Uh, Roosters got towed up by the Broncos, um, but just good to see him out and getting a game and unsurprisingly handling the rigours of the NRL. Uh, and then the last bit of big news that I sort of jotted down while I was doing the, the squad breakdown was Caelan Ponga back in the team for the Knights, which basically just means good things for the entire Entire team, um, you know, the edge back rowers, uh, Bradman Best, who's also back in the Knights team after missing last week, the wingers, it's just good thing for the Knights uh, all over. Guys, let's hook into our topic for the week. And it is a debate centered around origin with a super coach focus. Uh, we love talking rugby league, but we are a super coach focused podcast. Um, the topic idea comes from David from Stockholm in Sweden. So uh, some international listening there. So thanks to David for it. Basically, what we do, we've got four trades in the next two weeks. There's about six trades that we want to make next week when we find out a little bit more about uh, origin call-ups, your Ryan Madison's, your Jerome Lewis, your Brian Tottos, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't. We only have two trades to use next week. So we're going to have to go early on a lot of those trades. So we're just going to have a, a quick look at the, the key players in origin contention that are also super coach relevant to try and help you out with, you know, maybe the ones that you have to go early on ahead of round 13 uh, and that buy coverage. The focus is on the round 13 buy coverage players rather than the round 17 ones. Um, and let's start with the guy we just mentioned, Spy uh, and Desi, and, and that's Ryan Madison. So... By the time this uh, goes live, we're going to have news on Angus Crichton, who has gone to the judiciary to challenge his suspension. If he loses, I believe he's out of Origin 1, which has to open uh, open an opportunity for Ryan Madison to come in, which, you know, having played, I think, 59 or so minutes on the weekend, Desi, is Ryan Madison a guy you'd be a little bit nervy on going, going early on? Do, do you now wait on Madison because of Origin potential? Uh, again, we'll know about Crichton by the end of the night, so that's not an issue. But is he in the frame there, and, and where do you sit on Madison? Yeah, I think you have to wait and see. Uh, there's just no utility or value going early on him um, at this stage. So I think you definitely have to wait and see. Mm. Spy, you touched on it on Madison and, and probably waiting and seeing on him already. I'm with you as well. He, Prior to, I mean, if Crichton doesn't get suspended, in all likelihood, Madison probably doesn't play Origin, and you know maybe he's one of the safer ones. But but who knows? He's a, such a class player that you know he's every bit of a chance to get a start there somewhere. Uh, touched on Reed Marnie, but basically put a line through him as a buy. Now that Harry Grant's expected to miss game one, uh, he's still going to be a terrific buy next week if he does happen to miss out on Origin selection. 
the big one that's been plaguing a lot of us for a long time, a lot of us Schuster owners, uh, Connor Watson owners, et cetera, et cetera, is just the 5-8 debate spy. And we've got Jerome Luai, who is bottoming out in price just in time for round 13, probably the front runner at the moment to play 5-8 for the Blues. He is an absolute must-have in my eyes next week if he misses origin selection. Um, but, I mean, at this stage as front runner, I think if you don't own yet, you've probably got to wait on him, don't you? I think you do. He's got to be obviously in the mix there. Uh, there's a lot of talk he is the front runner. I'm not absolutely convinced on that. Obviously, Freddie plays his cards close to his chest. He's, he still loves Jackie Whiten, mm. who sort of didn't do that well at Standard last year defensively. So maybe he comes in at 5'8", um, or he could play a bunch spot. But that could possibly cost Luai. Um, then there's Cody Walker. We know how good he is. He played last year. I thought he was outstanding in origin last year, even in his limited minutes off the bench. Um, if they can use him more effectively, I think he's a great option. So we'll just have to see. He's certainly a chance, but I'd be holding off if you can. Um, as well as that, Nathan Cleary has taken 80 90% of the ball the last couple of weeks, which has translated to some lower scores for Luai. Oh, in saying that, though, he could have had another 30 or 40 or 50 on the weekend. It just didn't go his way from a super coach sense. So we've got to be holding off if you can, and then a nice cheap buy, um, which sucks for me because I got him early, but I've obviously got his points, so you take that. Uh, but for me, it's a wait and see for next week and the five eight spot. I can't wait to see what they come up with there. Yeah, mate, it's it's seriously exciting. I'm that that keen for Origin one, and Desi, oh, mate. There's so many super coach implications from the five eight, the utility, and the eighteenth man position because they're all impacting each other. For a while there, it looked like Ryan Pappenhausen was probably, I mean, he certainly wasn't a lock for that 14 spot, but he was a big chance to get it as the utility off the bench. Now that he's missed multiple weeks through his concussion, he missed weeks before that uh, with a, a shoulder injury or something like that, hasn't played a lot of footy of late, a smaller frame. You'd think he's probably fallen out of favour uh, for that origin contention spot, if he's even available. It was a pretty heavy head knock, so he might have been in doubt regardless which opens up the 14 spot for if they do want to play Luai at 5'8", um, you know, they can put Jackie Whiten at 14 off the bat. Jack Whiten's probably the best number 14. Like, he's been crafted by the NRL gods to be a number 14 and just cover every position on the field. If you could fair him cover 1 to 13 without an issue, if you had to take a hit up off the kickoff, you'd probably sit four blokes on their ass. So, I mean, Desi, how do you see it? Uh, panning out 5'8-wise, probably utility on the bench, and then where does Gutho fit into all this? Because a guy who we thought probably wasn't going to be on the origin scene a month ago, I know you thought he was, but that was that was debatable and controversial at the time. You'd think Gutho at very least gets that 18th man spot that's, again, opened up recently. Yeah, I actually wouldn't be surprised to see Cody Walker take the 5A role. I'm pretty sure Spy's right there. Um, he will get it. And I think, I think Gutho might actually get the 14 jersey now that Paps is out. Because he can also play pretty much one to thirteen, just as well as Wyden. I can see Wyden missing out altogether, or being that eighteenth man. To be honest, you're on crack, Desi. <laughs> I think Gutho, he's he's good at uh, hooker. He can he can cover that position pretty well as well, um, and any position in the back line. Whereas mm-hmm. I, I don't think Wyden could play hooker as well as Gutho. I, I really don't think he has that much experience there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll bank on Jackie being there because of his utility value and more to the fact Brad Fittler just loves the bloke. Andrew Johns has a key input onto the origin side as well, obviously. Uh, Joey Johns is obsessed with Jackie Whiten. He'll be there somewhere. Uh, interesting take on the 5'8". So 
I mean, for Supercoach's sake, it doesn't really worry me if it goes to Luai or Cody because I already own Cody. So if Luai misses out, I buy him next week. Uh, and obviously, I want Cody available for round 17. So, and uh, interesting sit and watch there. A um, couple of Panthers outside backs. Brian Toto is a guy who had pegged for a wing spot there for a long time. Uh, I'm thinking now, possibly not, Spy. Now that you just look at, I think, we were watching a game together on the weekend and we saw... He saw Xavier Coates leap over. It might have even been Daniel Tupu or someone there. I've never seen a bloke get that high in my life. And it, it, it exposes an aerial threat that Queensland have and Brian Toto can be exposed pretty badly potentially. And, you know, we all know a try or two tries can win an origin game. Daniel Tupu, who's been there and done it before, offers up excellent yardage coming out of his own half. He's a great finisher. He'll be on the back of Teddy on the on that fullback there sweeping. Mate, is Brian Toto in your side? And in terms of Supercoach relevance, it's not a big thing because everyone owns Toto. But, I mean, still, it'd be a nice number to have in your side, wouldn't it? be a nice bonus, absolutely. Um, yeah, as you said before, just that aerial threat, the open up for Queensland if you do pick him could be a concern for Freddie. Um, if you compare the guys, they're pretty sim- similar in terms of yardage. Toto probably probably shades him because uh, he's just been outstanding. But, I mean, for those that, just those couple metres you get, finishing's quite similar um, and it just takes away an option for Queensland in attack. They can't suddenly bomb Tupo, but you can bomb Toto. So I get the feeling he might actually miss out. Uh, obviously, he's right in the frame, so we won't know until next week. But and, and just another really interesting decision there for Freddie. He's got some tough ones to make this year. Desi, another one who's a very popular super coach buy this week off the back of his hat-trick last week is Matty Burton, who you just think, surely to God, he doesn't play Origin. No knock on him as a player at all, but there's so many good options and he's so young. Mate, Freddie loves him. Is it, Can you see him getting in there at all or, or maybe he's an 18th man? No, no, Burton, no, he won't be there. Uh, but still a couple of years away yet, I think. Uh, but I think he's probably the premium pickup in Supercoach this week. He's probably one of those dudes uh, alongside Jerome Hughes that you go early on. Just those two, that's it. Well, that's it. I mean, if you if you're going to trade halfback, if you want to, if you're one of the people who wants to get rid of Sam Walker, you, you've got two options basically, and it's it's Jerome Hughes who we've spoken about, and it's Matty Burton. Desi, would you be going Burton over Jerome Hughes for anyone wanting to sell Walker? No, I'd probably go Hughes if if you've got the money. Go <laughs> Hughes if you if you want to make money and have a probably better matchup in round thirteen. Uh, where he's playing his preferred position at uh, at five eighth, then you go Burton. Mm, yeah, with a, a nice upcoming draw as well. Um, Spy Junior Paulo. Um, I mean, is he a lock for the Blues, or are us desperado owners of Junior Paulo a chance at seeing him play for the Eels in round thirteen? No, he's not a lock. Um, I mean, I really think Freddie could could mix things up completely this year. I don't think. Anyone from last year's squad outside of the, your real superstars are locked, so you could go in any direction. So for you, you owners, just hold on and hope he doesn't get the nod. Um, and obviously, we get selected. That was expected anyway. But yeah, I don't think any of those guys are a lock at this stage. And what about what about Desi Benny Hunt? Uh, how do we see him going? We've spoken a lot about the Blues. Um, probably because there, there's probably a few more Supercoach relevant players on the fringe of the Blues side than there is the Maroons side. A lot of gun uh, Supercoach players playing for the Maroons, but they're pretty well locked in there. Mate, Benny Hunt, three-round average of 61. He's pretty. Well, he's very cheap at 460K. 
again, the availability at halfback there and, and people looking to maybe move on Sam Walker. I mean, firstly, do we see Benny Hunt being uh, in getting picked in the origin side as a 14, the utility off the bench to give maybe Reed Marnie a bit of a spell there? And probably secondly, is he a super coach option at halfback? Yeah, he's definitely a super coach option, but... As you said, I, I would be very surprised if Queensland didn't pick him for that 14 role because he's just he's an absolute tackle machine in origin. He he won Queensland the series by making 50 tackles a game at hooker. Mm. I mean, he, he this guy can tackle. He's, he's extremely good tackling technique. So, um, yeah, if he's not 14, I, I think Queensland are throwing it away. Mm. Any chance they have, any slim chance they have. What do you reckon, Spy? Because the other option there is AJ Brimson as a 14 with Caelan Ponga. Uh, obviously, he'll be the number one for the Maroons, provided he gets through this week and his injury return okay. Uh, Benny Hunt and the Dragons come up against the Tigers, the Broncos, the Bulldogs, the Raiders, the Warriors in their next four games. They then have the bye and then face Manly, the Titans. Mate, it's a good draw. Benny Hunt is a serious pod. Uh, and as I said, for those wanting convinced that they want to sell Sam Walker, um, is it just going to be Benny Hunt over Brimson as 14 for the Maroons? Or, or how do you see it? I tell you what, if you're a Saints fan and you heard that draw, you know you're a huge sniff at the eight because um, that's a good run, isn't it? I think Benny Hunt, super coach-wise, yeah, I mean, if you don't know him at the moment, absolutely don't buy him this week. Just give it a week because we'll know what's going on with Origin. I think he'll – I mean, I can't see Brimson being on the bench just thinking about it quickly because he really covers fullback. Don't know how good he'd be elsewhere. Whereas Benny Hunt, as you know, can cover, uh, you know, hooker, halves, and and whatnot. Those key positions. So I don't think Brimson will get picked unless it was a straight fullback. Um, but again, you you just give it a week. I think you said about going early on some guys. I think someone like unless they're a superstar that you want to lock in or need to lock in due to injuries or suspension, you can just wait. Uh, if you don't end up with Benny Hunt in your side, it's not going to kill you for the buy, I don't think. Um, but he's certainly a nice pickup. He's got some potential if he can stay healthy. Yeah. So uh, plenty to think about there ahead of our trades this week. And as I said, it, it's going to be tough maybe having to go early on one or two of these guys. I mean, and the other thing is, you know, poor old, like Gutho owners who sort of held for this week, they're going to, you know, have to consider, do they sell him this week? Do they sell him next week? Do you hold on to him? It's just a tough one. Um, Spy, anything to add there? I'm just going to mention, I mean, you don't have to panic either. We have, a lot of us have better numbers for the first buy than the second buy. So if you don't end up getting someone like a Benny Hunt or a Matty Burton or someone like that because you thought they may play Origin, you can always just turn that guy into a second round trade option and there's plenty of them who plays around 17 and then possibly gets you home uh, for the rest of the season as well, which means it's just the one trade moving forward. So I quite like the idea of doing that if you're not sure uh, about your round 13 options there. Yeah. The um the big one when I was sort of planning my trades out a few weeks in advance was factoring in going, likely going Simpkin to read Marnie early. So with now, now that we don't have to factor Marnie into our trades at this stage, that's made going early on these guys or not having to go early on these guys a lot easier. Um, the only other guy I'll touch on there, Kurt Capel, he looks all but locked and loaded for a spot for the Maroons as well. Uh, he misses this week due to suspension, then he'll miss round 13 due to origin duties. Penrith then play two days after origin one where I expect more than likely, unless Capel were to play 30 minutes off the bench, I expect Liam Martin to start for the Panthers and Capel to come off the bench. Uh, so after a good little hurrah for owners this week with 70-odd points, I think Capel's a sell as well. 
Guys, Quantum have jumped on board as the sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Uh, SC Playbook contributor Adam DeRussi is the CEO and founder. Quantum are Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantum team today. Uh, check out their details on our site. Guys, let's hook into the hot topics of the week. And we will start with a bloke that came into my side last week uh, after watching him go big score after big score and sizzling money. Uh, I got him in. I was very happy to do it. Nico Hines came in and went bonkers with 138 against the Raiders. He's now 725K. Desi, too late on Hines or is he a bloke to get in this week? I think you have to get him in. He's Melbourne fullback. Melbourne are just decimating teams. They play the bye round. Pappenhausen's out for... I think until round 16 or so, they said. Uh, Is it that long? Is that the word? I think so, yeah, 15 or 16. So 725K, I think most people have enough money in the bank to fork it out, especially if they're not bringing back in David Fafida or anyone like that this week. I think most people would have the funds to get him still. Um, He's a must-have. I brought him in as well and very happy with the purchase. What I'd say, boys, there, um, if you're a non-Nico Hines owner, it does look expensive, but given he's coming off another massive ton, over the next two weeks, he's probably going to make another $100,000. So what you'll probably find is they said Pappenhausen maybe like three or four weeks. That could work out to be one or two more games given they've got a buy in the middle. Um, so it's actually another three weeks till their second game. Oh, the red round. Yeah, I've um, got that as well, potentially. So you might see Nico play another two or three games. He'd probably make another 100 grand plus your points. Then you can sell him for massive cash for someone like a round 17 target. Uh, I've got an eye on someone like Alex Johnson, who I offloaded last week, can pick up and make about $420,000 for a guy that plays round 17 and the bunnies run opening up. So you can still get on Hines um, and just roll him home and then, when Pappy's back, make that cash or just go straight to Pappenhausen for no money, which is brilliant. Mm, yeah, that's it. He, um, Well, I mean, with a projected 88 this week, he's projected to go up another 100K in one week, and he's obviously still got that 138 in his rolling average after this week. Um, you know, best case scenario, I mean, not that we ever wish injuries upon anyone, but if there's injuries to any of the spine who are already under injury clouds, there's every chance that uh, Nico stays in the starting team should should injuries or issues crop up somewhere and you've got an absolute star. Um, and as you said, Spy, he's an easy trade to someone like Pappenhausen, a sideways costing trade in, in not a lot of time. So um, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's a lot of money to stomach, but I think you've probably got to get Nico Hines in. And to add to that, the Storm's next four games are the Broncos, Titans, Warriors and Tigers. Um, so that's pretty scary as a non-owner if you don't have Nico Hines. Uh, we've spoken about Sam Walker and what we're doing with him. It, it looks, by the looks of it, we'll be holding him. Uh, Desi, did you say you're, you're holding or you are considering going him to Hughes? No, I think I'll be holding Walker. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I mean, look, he's had, he's had a couple of quietest weeks. I think there's there's no shock there that they reckon he's playing under a little bit of an injury cloud. Nothing too serious, but uh, a couple of niggles there. Eleven last week, sixty three the week before, thirty four the week before. The fortnight prior to that, 163 and 125. Um, a nice enough game against the struggling Raiders this week. By then the Titans, which is excellent as well. Could go huge there. Uh, they do have the Panthers and Storm in round 15-16. Easy game to sit him on your pine and not play him before playing the Bulldogs in round 17. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, knockers of Sammy Walker. But, you know, he's not a guy you have to play in your 17 every week. You can play him matchup based each week. Get him for that dream game against the Dogs in round 17. So... 
Sammy's a, a hold for me. I can see why maybe you'd get rid of him, but I'll be holding. Uh, Desi, Jason Saab, after looking like an absolute stinker for us in Supercoach, the return of Tommy Traboy, which has coincided with a stack of tries. He's now made it's about 240-odd K. He's got a break-even of 47. Uh, Manly do have a really, really good run uh, after this buy that they don't play in round 13. Mate, I'll be getting rid of him this week or next weekend. Uh, time to move on, Jason Saab. Um, I, I think you could, but the 47 break-even isn't too bad. Like it's, And they, they have the Knights, I think, this week, so... yeah. He, he's very much playable in your 17 this week. So I don't see why you'd move him on this week. You'd probably play him um, alongside guys like Staines this week. Um, I think you, you could load up on center wings this week, definitely. Boys, I don't own Saab, but on the contrary, I even think him and um, Garrick are potentially purchase options. What's he cost, Saab? He's 476. He's coming on the back of two massive scores, then a 30 against Parramatta, admittedly. Manly play the Knights, Cowboys, Gold Coast, and the Bulldogs in the next four weeks. Any of those Manly wingers, as long as Tommy Trojevic is playing, then he could go bananas. So whilst I probably wouldn't have the the knackers to buy him, I um, if you own, I think you've got to hold him, don't you? Just for, for at least for a couple of weeks, see how things play out. Well, a couple of weeks. If you're holding him for two weeks, you're holding him for six weeks. Because if you're holding him through round 13, you're holding him for the round 17 buy. Yeah, I'd be happy with that, with that run coming up. Right. Well, I understand that his scores with Tommy Turbo have been much, much better. But, like, have a listen to these scores. So 30 last week. The two weeks prior, 194. Awesome. He had five tries in two games there. Prior to that, 53, 38, 44, 45. Tommy was there for all them. Five, 20, 29, and 11. For a bloke that can go sub 20, 30 so easily... Uh, he's a guy that I'm happy to cash in on in the next two weeks uh, and, and just take that money, you know, if he goes low-ish again this week, which he may not against the Knights, that break-even will soar. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, sub going for me, but, again, probably next week. But, again, if, if you do own him this week, he's probably a decent enough hold there. Spy, by the time this goes live, we'll know about the fate of Angus Crichton. Uh, as we often have to do, though, we have to do a bit of a hypothetical. If he is suspended this week, He'll miss, obviously, this week and then round 13. Maybe get some reduced minutes over Origin. Uh, won't play round 17 due to Origin. Potential sell this week at over 600K or just hold to the end? Hell no. Do not sell him. Uh, we don't have enough trades to be selling, Angus Crichton. Um, you, yes, maybe gets a little bit of reduced minutes here and there throughout the Origin period, but realistically, if he gets two-week suspension, he's only missing one game for you because he wasn't playing next week anyway. Um, I just think we're not, we don't have the luxury to be trading guys like Crichton and then maybe wanting to bring him back post-origin if he's going on absolute tear of 100. So just hold him. You can deal with other issues. Um, interesting one, though. I don't know how everyone else's front rows and back rows are looking, but my depth is pretty bloody skinny. So I had Curran sitting there as my backup in the second row. Obviously, he's hurt. So if Crichton's suspended, I'll need to find someone else. So... I might just throw it out there. Someone like Alex Twell covers back row and front row. He's averaging 55. He's worth $430,000. He's the kind of bloke I'm going to plug in this week just as a one bloke who can cover front row and back row with dual position. And I don't have to play him any weeks except when there's injuries and he costs 430000 and plays the buyer. So just have a look at your depth because 
as soon as someone's out, you don't want to be short a player any weeks moving forward, but someone like that could be a good option uh, rather than having to spend massive on someone and, and blowing the rest of your budget. Yeah, 73 minutes last week for 12, so... Uh, if that's a sign of things to come, could be a steal at 434. And as you said, he won't let you down. He, he hasn't been terrific this season, but, I mean, he also doesn't have a score under 40 yet, nothing sort of too high, but uh, his, his base is massive provided he gets the minutes there. Desi, uh, apologies if I pronounce this one wrong, Keenan Palasai, Palazia at the Broncos, back row up 186K. Gee, he looked good against the, the Roosters on the weekend. I believe it was his NRL day. Oh, it wouldn't have been his debut because he'd be 133K, 73K. Hasn't played a lot of footy in the NRL, so he's dirt cheap. Um, mate, there's a lot of people going early on him this week, despite the fact that Jordan Ricky is back next week and could very likely take his back row spot back. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Would, would you be going early or is it a case of waiting till next week, if at all? Yeah, I think you, you wait till next week. I... I still own Ricky, so I'm, I'm definitely hoping that Ricky comes back and takes that spot. So uh, I don't see why he'd go early. Um, Ricky could be a good pickup still um, for a lot of people coming into next week. Tell you what, boys, the line that Palisade hit to score on the weekend, Ricky would be lucky to get his spot back. Gee, he looked good. So as a potential purchase next week, that would be absolutely ideal uh, if he can hold that starting position for the buy. That's it, and I mean, I know, I know why people, um, based on how their side is set up, would be tempted to get him this week because he did look so good. He scored eighty-one points, so I mean, even if he does, you know, play eighty odd this week and score forty or fifty against the Storm, there's money to be made even if he is off the bench the following week. So I mean, I can see why you'd be seriously tempted to go early to free up cash more than anything, but also your two trades next week. Um, but if you can help it, do yourself a favour and and hold off just in case he plays 20 minutes off the bench next week. Boys, another one we touched on, or the spy touched on earlier, Ruben Garrick. I mean, if you, you said a month, or I mean, probably two months ago that Ruben Garrick would be a serious trading option, you'd say he'd be absolutely dreaming. Uh, 619K, he has three tons in his last six games, end of 92. He's coming off a 128 against... Parramatta of all teams. We ran through Manly's draw and how good it is coming up. Uh, Spy, you don't mind the idea of buying him, kicking goals for a red-hot Seagulls outfit. Won't play round 13, but very valuable from there onwards. Break even of nine. So, I mean, probably one you'd want to go this week, but I suppose you, you could wait a little bit and go round 14, couldn't you? Yeah, um, oh, it'd be ideal if you could buy him this week. I guess the only question that's been raised on Twitter a little bit is will Tommy back up from origin? Because if he doesn't, uh, that's extra games without Tommy Trevojevic, which sort of brings down his his value a fair bit. And then the other thing is the round 17 buy, that we know Tom Trevojevic or Cherry Evans, and it's against Raiders who I'd suspect might have turned things around by then. So you can't bank on a big buy score, but there could be some good tons in amongst that all if you want to have a crack at him. But, I mean, you wouldn't want to pay any more than what he's worth now. So you probably need him this week if you're going to do it. Maybe a Charlie Staines early move or something like that. It's a good point on Tommy backing out from Origin and how key he is to the credentials of all the Seagulls players, namely the outside backs, actually all of them. Um, Seagulls play Friday 6pm, uh, two days after Origin 1. I mean, you just particularly now that Manly are a far better placed and looking better, they shouldn't be as desperate for a win as they look like they might have been four to six weeks ago. So Tommy has to be rested, you'd think. 
Uh, so one to consider for super coaches in terms of covering him. Uh, but, yeah, a big one for those considering Ruben Garrick. Um, Desi, Reese Walsh, holy moly, mate. What what a little weapon he is. He's an electric-looking footballer. Um, yeah, you hate to say it, but serious shades of, of Caelan Ponga there. I mean, just about everything about him from the, the headgear to the style of play. Uh, very, very exciting. Mate, 417k negative 74 break even back to back tons he is on fire i mean can you make a case to get him in let's say for i can't see why you'd sell tedesco or trebojevic for him but maybe clint gutherson owners could be tempted or is it just a little bit too hard to squeeze him in at fullback i mean yeah i I probably wouldn't be picking up reese walsh as good as he looks uh as you said he is a kalen ponga prototype uh, shades of Benny Barber there as well. Um, he can he can throw the, uh, a good uh, cutout ball, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I think as well as he played, he still only scored 120 odd. And guys like uh, Teddy and, and Turbo are breezing to 100 plus scores just as easily as him. So I still think it's a bit of a trap if you were to go to Reese Walsh for one of those gun fullbacks. Mm. Yeah, mate. No, I'm with you on that one. Boys, that's the end of the hot topics for this week. Let's jump into our antipod and pod plays of the week. Spy, I'll start with you, mate. What have you come up with? Um, you know what? I was looking into this. My my pod pie of the week is just to do nothing. I really think it's important to hold your trades. Don't panic about round 13 too much unless you've got injuries to cover. I think you just, you just hold your powder, keep it dry and be ready for next week <laughs> or keep, a, keep an eye on the second boy. You don't have to worry about about it too much because trust me the second buy is going to be super difficult um i think just keep keep things calm this week don't do anything unless you have to and i think that could give you a massive advantage down the line with those couple of trades saved if you can do it um and yeah i think that's like i've i've come into today a little bit a little bit rushed because i had a big day at work but i just i've been thinking about it. i just don't think you want to do too much this weekend boys mm. no I, I like it mate and I've, I've been meaning to touch on that again i touch on it every week but I'm panicking. I'm not panicking because I think my squad's set up uh, pretty well. But in terms of just that back end of the season, I won't dwell on it now because I speak about it every single week. But seriously, people that haven't saved any trades yet, do it. Do it this week because it needs to happen. You're going to be really, really short come end of the season. Uh, we've touched on NPRs, non-playing reserves, and nuffs and that sort of thing. The more this season goes on, I, I'm aiming to have pretty well 25 suspend up uh, suspended. 25 available players in my squad for as long as possible this season because I think we're going to need the coverage in the back end of the season and potentially over origin. People worried about having people to loop and whatnot and all that sort of thing and switch around. Um, I think between blokes that are suspended and injured and all that sort of thing, we're not going to have any trouble finding people to loop in the back end of the year. Desi, your Anypod Pod Plays of the Week. Uh, for Anypod Play, I've gone a little different this week, boys. I reckon... Playing six or seven strong center wings in your 17 this week uh, might be the play based on some of the scores we're seeing uh, from the outside backs, especially with some of the matchups this week for guy- the guys we've been talking about, like uh, Saab, Staines, uh, Stephen Crichton for me as well. I've got like seven or eight really strong center wings in my team right now, um, and I'm tempted to play six or seven of them this week. Uh, for the pod play... I think it's, yeah, it's just similar to Spy, but maybe it's literally captain anyone other than Nathan Cleary is a pod. 
And it's uh, I'm not saying do it, but it's the universal pod play for most people who want to go against the grain because everyone will have it on clear against the Bulldogs. So Desi, uh, I agree. Yeah. Desi, I agree, mate. I'm really considering VC and Cleary just to cover in case he does score 200 and then getting my C on someone like Tommy against the Knights. The Knights last week, their edge defense was as bad as I've ever seen. Uh, Valentine Holmes had about six or seven line break assists. I think Trojevich could be in for a monster. Hmm. Yeah, interesting calls. I really like those players, Desi, and the, the CT dub playing extra center wings this week. As you said, with those matchups, um, I Jason Saab doesn't even get a look in into my four center wings this week because I'm quite strong there, particularly if I go with the trades that I'm looking at at the moment. Um, but then, yeah, there's the option to play one of them on your bench, which you wouldn't really have considered in the past, but not a bad call at all. Uh, and I like the captaincy one as well. <clears throat> not a lot to go on, particularly on how good Cleary's form is this year and particularly of late, but... Go back to round 20 last year, the Bulldogs playing, Panthers playing the Bulldogs. Uh, it was just set up to be a massacre, Panthers against the, the Doggies. We weren't sure if Cleary was going to play out the 80 or get a rest at halftime. The last round of the season, the regular season, came out and I think everything went through Jerome Luai. Cleary got 54, played 80 minutes. Um, so it's not a set and forget captain that you have to do this week, uh, but we will get to those a little bit more in a second uh, when we do reveal our captaincy choices for the week. For me, it's Justin Olam, who I, I mentioned either last week or the week before on the podcast, but I think I'll be bringing Olam in this week. <clears throat> I'm not convinced on him, but I am convinced on Melbourne. I was down at the Raiders and Storm game on the weekend, and I was just in awe that you know it was basically a Storm B-grade team, uh, certainly their back line, and just their line speed, uh, the intensity from just for 80 minutes of football was just it was unbelievable to watch live. I love watching them that side play footy and just watching the game I was like I want a piece of the, this storm outfit I've currently only got Nico Hines there Justin Olam 449k owned by 4% of the top 100 and 4% of the top 1000 so massive pod he's only averaging 57 which isn't bad uh, but again not sort of translating to massive super scoring but with the storm's draw at his price playing round 13 uh, I think he's an excellent sort of fourth fifth center wing to carry you forward so Olam for me this week uh, and then the other I couldn't really come up with an antipod play. Um, and despite a lot of people getting rid of him already, Sam Walker out is still a massive antipod play due to his ownership levels. Fellas, let's get stuck into the top sport punting plays of the week. Easy summation of last week's results because you, Desi, you, me, and Adam all had the roosters in our multis and they just cooked us all to smithereens. The leaderboard, I'm up $43.50 for the season. Desi's up 29 Spy's up 17 50 Let's see if we can up that this week, boys. If you are going to follow our tips, all markets and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. If you're joining up, use the code SC Playbook. Got some ripping markets there, so do yourself a favor and go and take a look. 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Spy, have you come up with something for us this week? I have. I uh, First of all, I think Manly 19 plus first nights. I know Pong is back, which might help things, but... I mean, he's not going to be able to stop everyone if he's by himself with the back there. So Manly, 19-plus versus the Knights, Sunday Arvo. Hope for the Knights turn it around, but they looked so bad. And I'm just torn between either taking the Eels to win or Penrith to cover the line, which is 36 against the Dogs. It's a lot. Um, I might actually lock in the Eels to beat South. Cam Murray's back, which is enormous. They can get 225 for the Eels, which is pretty good value for a struggling bunny side. Uh, so eels into manly nineteen plus. Mm, they'll be deflated after a few brutal weeks. The old bunnies, uh, Desi. What have you got, mate? 
Yeah, I think I'm actually going to take that Penrith line. I think they'll cover that line. Um, it's just a safety net of Penrith Panthers right now. They're smashing everyone. Um, I'll chuck that in alongside a Brian Toho hat-trick for good measure. Ooh, nice one, fellas. Uh, I found it a little bit tougher this week. I thought the... They're finally starting to get those lines a little bit larger, uh, which making it a little bit harder. They, they're getting with the rules and getting with the times, the old bookies, unfortunately. Uh, I went overs-unders points for mine. So I think the Knights Seagulls are going to be awash with points. So I've gone whatever the overs is there. The points went up uh, when we've gone to air. And then the Cowboys-Warriors should also be stacked with points in that one. Questionable defense in that game. So I'll go overs on that, which should pay around about the 380 mark. Trades and skippers for this week. Um Spy, give us your trades. Uh, we'll talk skippers after. Yeah, so I'm just going to flick uh, Curran, who's injured, to Alex Twole, as mentioned. Uh, I didn't want to make a trade, but I literally will be short uh, unless Crichton uh, avoids suspension. So I'll probably do that and just cover myself for the year as a backup there. Save my other trade for sure. And then I'll at this stage I'm going to VC Nathan Cleary and Captain Tommy Trevojevic, though that could change close to Saturday. We'll see how I'm feeling. All right. In that case, we'll get straight into the skippers spy. Uh, Desi, give us your trades and skippers. And when you get to skippers, mate, I just wanted to have a bit of a discussion on Cleary and Turbo being the clear two picks uh, by a mile this week. Is there any alternatives or, you know, anyway, give us your thoughts on what you're doing this week. Uh, no trades so far. Um, I was <laughs> planning on trading Arrow, but yeah, until I saw team lists. So yeah. Probably just going to hold them. But captains, you can set it in stone, boys. VC is going to be on Hines and C is going to be on Cleary. Nice. Yeah. No, I can't knock that at all, mate. At this stage, my trades, Bailey Simonson to Justin Olam. Uh, I'm not sure of the other one yet. I've, I've saved three so far, which is not too bad. So I'm thinking I want to use four in the next two weeks. Not necessarily, but I'm not sure of my other one just yet. Skippers, I'm thinking just risk, risk mitigation. I think Cleary and Turbo both have definitely have 200-plus in them. We certainly know Cleary does. So I'm thinking just VC on Cleary, C on Turbo, uh, but we'll see closer to game day. Lads, let's finish up with a few questions for the week, and we'll start with Dan that I'll answer because we keep getting this question, and I'm sick of seeing people panicking um, about being a little bit down the rankings and thinking, Oh, you know, maybe I'll stop focusing on my overall and start focusing on head-to-head. Dano says, at this stage of the year, how far behind is too far to worry about overall? I'm sitting just outside the 2,000 after dropping 1,000 spots this week. Tempted to just start focusing on my head-to-head leagues. Mate, 2,000 is fine. Uh, You're right in the hunt for it this year. The score, we're seeing blokes belt out 180s for absolute fun. We're seeing pod players belt out 180s for fun. You get a pod captain with 180 all of a sudden you're sitting about 400th and right in the hunt to win overall. Um, you throw in HIAs, injuries, restings at the back end of the year, it is wide open. I'm Put it this way, I'm sitting 4,000th and I still consider myself a chance. Realistically, possibly a little bit too far behind, but I'm going to give myself every chance uh, now that I'm set up for the back end of the year. And another thing, having had a discussion with the spy earlier, um, if you have been playing for overall and you've set up for, for the buy period, Think about how many people ranked above you are head-to-head players who have killed it so far, but are going to have like three, four players in in the fight over the buy period, the key buy rounds, and won't be set up for it at all. So you're two thousand. You might actually be ranked the equivalent of one thousand once you jump all those people. So people do not panic in the overall race just yet. There's a long time to go and a lot that has to play out. Next question from another Dan Dan O'Connell, legend. 
Do you view Brian Kelly as a season keeper? Straight swap from Saab, but his scores have been up and down each week. Spy, Brian Kelly's an interesting one. I think he did a bit of analysis on him, the Sabo. Four scores over 50 this season, four scores under 50, averaging about 57. I know you're a big fan of him. Uh, what's your view on him thus far? My view is a little bit underwhelming, but still super reliable. He's um He doesn't seem to quite have the ceiling I thought he may have, but... Look, I'm just having a quick look at him now. He's worth 470k. He's coming off a 91. Um, I don't think he's a must-buy by anything by any means, but he's a nice little pod play. Uh, he plays the buy, albeit against Melbourne. Mm. He's a good player. I don't think he's going to let you down, but I think you'd be hoping for a little bit more than he has shown if you do bring him in. Yeah, the fact that he's playing the Storm in round 13 is a big factor in Brian Kelly. Doesn't mean he's not a buy, but certainly uh, must be worth considering. Desi one from Graham Marlow. Reese Walsh or Teddy says he's concentrating on head-to-head. Also says he hasn't saved any trades yet, so need to balance certain keepers versus potential keeper and cash cow. Uh, mate, so Reese Walsh or Teddy as head-to-head? <laughs> uh, it's it's got to be Teddy. Uh, mm. As good as Reese Walsh is, Teddy is still the king, and he'll show it soon. Yep, with you, mate. Desi, another one for you from the Cashos. I understand everyone's wanting to bulk up for the buyers, but I'm thinking of bringing Fafita back this week versus the Sharks and bringing in Nikarima as a keeper. Has a great draw coming his way. We'll have 14 for the first buy. So he's set up well for the first buy, looking at a, a pod play of Fafita back in this week, a week early, and Nikarima. What do you reckon? Uh, I don't mind the Nikarima play. I'm thinking of doing something similar with Sean Johnson, uh, but I don't think Fafita bringing Fafita back this week is the play. I mean, it's certainly a massive pod play, that's for sure. But I think you have to be trading in by players either for 13 or 16 at this point. Yeah, I don't hate the Fafita play, boys, just because we know what he can do. He could absolutely explode. Um, He does come back against the Roosters after the origin break. My only question is, does he come back and play 80 minutes straight away or do they give him a bit of a spell that weekend? If they do, he'll play the Sharks, big break even, then he has a break, then he maybe plays 50 or 60 minutes. So that's what's keeping me off him, but I can see the temptation there as a pod move if you want to have a crack. Mm. Break even 152. So you'd think there'd be money to be made there, but he's hit that mark twice already, or almost twice already this season. So uh, as as Desi said, it's a serious pod play if you want to do it, but probably not. Uh, Interesting one here. From Derek Woodston, um, based on what we said about the Parramatta bench earlier, he's probably an avoid, but what are your thoughts on Nathan Brown? He's 410K, uh, break-even 36, 2% owned, played 60 minutes on the weekend. Is he a buy, and uh, does he come into origin calculations or not, Desi? No, it definitely doesn't come into origin calculations. I, I think he's yeah, he's running the ball hard and fast. That's that's a serious pod for, for that mm. price. Uh Good break even. He'll he'll make some money for you. I don't mind it at all, actually. Mm, it's a, it just so much depth in that Parramatta pack. Yeah. Paulo will be out, uh, Origin 1, You we would expect. Uh, Madison's a chance, but he's probably playing. Um, so maybe with Paulo out, he gets a few extra minutes. Regan Campbell-Gillard's also out this weekend. I'm not too sure why I missed, missed that one. But So look, with RCG out this weekend, Paulo out next weekend, maybe Nathan Brown is a sneaky one. Um, and Spy, I'll finish up with one for you, mate, from Leroy. Another interesting one. Is Viliami Kikau worth it just for the buy? He's bottomed out, no Kurt Capewell for the next two weeks, 
Penrith play on the quick backup after Origin 1. So, you know, Capewell probably comes off the bench anyway that week. Viliami Kikau is just a, a short, short and sharp play. Yeah, look, on the surface, I don't mind it. The question you have to ask yourself if you want to do it is, is he worth two trades? Because the way I see it happening is you're going to bring him in. You really hope for a good score this week or next or both potentially. Uh, but then you're going to probably get rid of him because uh, he's not the kind of bike you want to probably keep around your squad season long. So it's a two-trade exercise, which I think is a lot. Uh, the only other way you can look at it is if you're already going to move the person you're trading to a round 17 buy player at some stage, then it's actually only one extra trade. I don't think he's probably worth it. But in saying that, against the Bulldogs and then the Tigers, he could go back-to-back times, but he just hasn't shown anything yet. It's a bold play if you want to have a crack, but just be aware it could backfire and cost you two trades. That's sort Mm. of my caveat on it. Yeah, good answer, mate. And it's a similar – there's a few players in a similar boat in terms of these short and sharp plays who you know will get – should get decent minutes in the origin, uh, first buy around, et cetera, et cetera, lowish break-evens. Another one's Tommy Flegler, albeit a far smaller ceiling. But basically, just reiterating what the spy said, but you're using two trades for players that may make you 100K max, could get you 50 in the round 13 buy week. Is it worth it for two trades? Probably not. So think with your head on that one, guys. Um, Spy, thank you, mate. Cheers, boys. little rattled tonight. Come in a bit rushed, but uh, it's been good as usual. Uh, it's all right, mate. Desi, thank you, mate. Timmy, Spy, always a pleasure. All right. Cheers for tuning in, guys.